It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at Down with IDP. I'm one of two IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com, and with me, as always, uh, my partner in crime in the IDP world. Uh, how you doing today, Thomas? And grizzly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For Normir Molter can resist the evil of the thriller. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just trying to uh, channel Vincent Price from Thriller. <laughs> I literally can never guess what what you're going to show up with. It's I'm never even even when I try, I'm never close. This is Thomas Simons, everybody. Um, uh, yes, indeed. It is the the week of Halloween, which is the All Hallows uh, Eve, which is the start of All Saints Eve or All Saints Day. So it's the three day festival on the Western Front. But anyways, uh, how you doing, Justin? I'm doing well, my man. So uh, we are recording. Um, we're going to record this podcast uh, early on uh, Thursday. Uh, normally, we do it after the Thursday night game. So this will drop on Friday. So um, we will not talk about the Thursday night game, but we're going to dive into all the other uh, action from uh, heading into week eight. Uh, Thomas, you want to uh, get us started? Yeah, we got a busy schedule since there are no buys this week. Uh, week eight is a full schedule. And after missing two games for the Jaguars in London, and Devin Lloyd has returned with a bang, posting 9 and 11 total tackles in back-to-back outings. Now, he has seven, uh, excuse me, 12 total uh, solos and eight assists, three PDs, and uh, his two consecutive games. Now, with Jacksonville averaging 66 defensive snaps per game, Lloyd is on a hot streak, and this is a very good time to roll with him. Um, yeah, Lloyd's looking looking really good. Uh, another linebacker that um, I'm hoping we get a little bit more information on, we don't have a ton on yet, is Frankie Louvu. He's been a little banged up. Uh, if he plays this week for Carolina, I think he's a really strong play against the Texans. The Texans create about 25 tackles uh, per game to opposing linebackers. Uh, Jeremy Chin is on the IR. Uh, Von Bell is banged up. We might get a little report on him uh, later in this podcast. But uh, they're they're thin on safeties. Uh, this is a great matchup for um, for the uh, linebackers in Carolina. Kamu uh, Gouje Hill also might be a, a pretty good play as well. Yeah, Lou was dealing with a hip injury. He was limited on Wednesday, so uh, definitely watch his status the rest of the week. But you know, you you can also throw in Xavier Woods has been missing, so that secondary in Carolina is not helping in the box. And and you're correct, the linebackers should be very active this week. Um, Kirby Joseph has posted nine solos and an assist in Detroit against the Ravens last week. Now, this production was a little skewed because it was a blowout loss, but he was very active in both pass coverage and in the box. He, he, he did get hurt early in the fourth quarter and did not return to the game, but the game was out of hand, so you have to watch his status to make sure that that wasn't a blowout loss, don't want to extend any further injuries to him, kind of um, move by the coaching staff or whether or not he actually is hurt. So pay attention to that. But Joseph has been hot lately. 
Yeah, I'm curious to see how that might affect Brian Branch as he kind of returns from injury as well. That could be an Indeed. interesting one. Um, as much as we've enjoyed the production of the three Minnesota safeties, we talked about them last week, about all three of them, uh, Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, and Josh Metellus have been uh, productive for fantasy. Uh, this could be a really tough week for them. Green Bay's offense is just incredibly slow and incredibly unproductive. They've always kind of been slow. That was always the case with Aaron Rodgers, but he keeps them on the field. Uh, that's not really happening this year. They're still a very slow offense, but they're not producing many plays, which means they're not producing many tackles. And when they produce tackles, it is very rare that they get to that third level of, of, of the defense. They have been the worst matchup for opposing defensive backs. That's safeties or cornerbacks. So uh, if you've got one of those three uh, Minnesota safeties or you got somebody like Evans at cornerback, this could be a really slow week for them. So just watch that carefully. Yeah, and you bring up a great point in the fact that Green Bay is ranked fifth lowest in number of total play, offensive plays in, per game. Now, the Ravens' Justin Matabuike has a uh, half a sack or more in four consecutive games and in five of his seven outings this year. So Arizona has uh, allowed only 15 sacks through seven games, yet they have allowed uh, four last week, two the week before, and then three in the, in the game before that. So 60% of their sacks allowed have come in the past three outings, and Matabuike could be in line for a sack. So if you're looking for a big play, check out the Ravens' defensive tackle. Uh, I want to talk about Shaquille Leonard. He's somebody that's been uh... – the subject of, of lots of speculation and, and also just trying to figure out what to do with him. Um, and so I wanted to point out that uh, he actually has a pretty good matchup this week um, and he's his snap counts. He's now in that 70 to 80% usage. So uh, if, if he's on the field as, as you know, a two plus down linebacker, he does have value, not as not in your LB one slot. Uh, but if you've got, if you're playing three or four linebackers uh, you, you, you know, don't, don't hesitate to use Leonard this week. Um, he really does have some nice upside. Now that Alvin Kamara is back with the Saints, they are producing uh, tackles to linebackers at a pretty strong clip. Uh, and uh, I think they're going to be looking to get Kamara lined up across uh, from Shaq Leonard uh, and to try to exploit that matchup. They're also going to exploit the matchup against um, Zaire Franklin, who actually has not been good in coverage. That's part of the reason why he's had so many tackles. But if you've got Zaire Franklin, you don't you don't need me to tell you to start him. So this yeah. is really more about these secondary linebackers, and, and Leonard is clearly playing well above uh, the their third linebacker, EJ Speed. Uh, one other note, it's been a little bit weird with Julian Blackman. He's been a monster playing in the box for us at safety. He's still playing mostly box snaps, but the last two games he's had, I think about four or five tackles, has not been producing very well. That could just be a fluke. This also could be some sort of result of Leonard uh, being on the field and being more productive. Leonard's been posting about seven tackles a game over the last couple of games, so um, I'm still going to start Julian Blackman in this game. It's a, it's a great matchup for him. But if he comes out of this with like three, four, or five tackles, then I'm worried. You know, you had a great call on Blackman a couple of weeks ago, and, and following through on that, 
he yes he has had a few uh, off weeks but you know they if you look at the games that they they've played you know the, in that Cleveland game last week that was a shootout so that may have an effect and as far as Shaq Leonard goes he's no longer the the stud of that uh defense the, the Zaire Franklin is stepping into that role but Leonard as you brought up here is has a a really good matchup and is is somebody you might want to roll with now somebody you may not want to roll with this week is Divine Diablo on uh, Las Vegas. He went down with an injury, and we'll talk about that in the injury section, but he went down with an injury last week, and Luke Masterson was the the next man up. Now, Masterson took 62% of the snaps. He posted just four total tackles, two solos, two assists, and a PD. But the, the big question is, will Las Vegas stick with Masterson if Diablo's out this week? Now, Michael Walker was cut from the um, from the practice squad, and Darius Harris was signed to the practice squad. Harris knows the system. But Harris is likely not the replacement for Diablo um, if Diablo is out. Now, Masterson faces a Lions team that is second highest number of offensive plays this year with 457, just one shy of the Chiefs. Detroit is also ranked fifth in highest rushing attempts with nearly 29 per game. So the linebackers, in particular Robert Spillane, uh, and possibly Luke Masterson could have a really good matchup this week, but it is a Monday night game, so you have to take that into consideration. Um, I want to talk about some other linebackers. Uh, These guys have been um, uh, actually fairly underrated, and that's the linebackers for the Titans. Aziz Alshair and Jack Gibbons, uh, both of them have been an underrated pair of linebackers, not only in football terms, but also for fantasy. They have a really good matchup this week against Atlanta, um, you know, assuming that they use B. John Robinson more than one time. Um, <laughs> so, uh, other than that, uh, I really like both, uh, Al Shaheer and Jack Gibbons, uh, this week going against Atlanta. So Cody Barton went down last week against, uh, New York with a, an ankle injury. And we'll talk about that again in the injury section. And it was David Mayo who stepped up and filled his role. And funny thing is Mayo outperformed Jamin Davis. Now, we kind of thought that maybe Davis would step into Barton's responsibilities and then Mayo would fill Davis's responsibilities. But it was Mayo who who actually just took over for Barton and Davis remained in his role. And Mayo posted nine total tackles and he led the team with seven solos and two assists. And he took 26 fewer snaps than Davis. That's not that's not a good sign for Davis at all. So Mayo might be a good pickup if Barton, who didn't practice Wednesday, is out this week. Uh, I'm going to stay with the commanders and talk about Cameron Curl. Uh, he's got a, he's got a strong matchup this week, uh, as do some of those commanders linebackers. Uh, so I'm I'm expecting a nice uh, bounce back game for him. He had an uncharacteristically uh, low showing. I won't say it was poor, but it was a low showing last week. I think he had like three tackles. Uh, he's normally in the eight to eleven range. So I'm expecting a bounce back game. So if you got Cam Curl, I'm not worried about him. He's got a strong matchup this week. We should see him bounce right back. So Miles Garrett starting to catch fire, as, and that's not a good thing for opposing offensive lines. Uh, he recorded his second multiple sack outing in his last four games last week. Garrett now has seven and a half sacks in seven games this year. He's facing Seattle on the road, and the Seahawks have only allowed just 13 sacks through six games. But nonetheless, you have to start Garrett as his upside is too huge to strategize your way out of not playing him. 
Yeah, really. I mean, Thomas, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but but I'm one of those guys that if I've got an elite edge rusher, I don't care what the matchup is because I've seen uh, I've seen guys like Miles Garrett uh, just you know dominate yes. uh, in in what looks to be tough matchups and and remember these are home run hitters you only need Garrett to come through once or twice uh, and and the 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 big play upside of getting back to the quarterback and disrupting things back there you know it's it's really a multiplier because if you can if you can get to the quarterback before they can release the ball then that tends to end up you end up with more forced fumbles more more fumble recoveries sometimes you can scoop those up and score there's a lot of damage that can be done. It only takes one play. Yeah, it, you know, Garrett's the type of player that is a game changer in a fantasy game changer where he can give you a win one or two, three times a year. And there's not many guys out there like that. TJ Watts like that. Miles Garrett's like that. Yeah, they'll have their down games, but you, you have to go with them because it, you know the term, I'm going to pencil him in this week. No, 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 no. He's a pen-in kind of guy. You ha- you automatically are going to start him no matter what. You can go out and get backups and insurances and, and whatever you want for your depth on your fantasy roster, but Garrett is the type of player you play every week no matter what. Absolutely. So in that same matchup, this is Cleveland versus Seattle. Uh, if you've got a, a healthy Seattle IDP, and uh, there actually aren't many right now, which which Thomas will, will address here pretty soon. But if you've got a healthy Seattle IDP, this is a good week to use them. Cleveland is one of, if not the best matchup for creating tackles. They've got a strong defense, uh, which um, keeps, uh, you know, uh, keeps uh, basically the other side um at bay and then they've got you know they're actually their offense has been really strong as well so uh when they when the when the cleveland browns are 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 are, uh, one of the matchups all three levels pretty much see a a uptick in their production and seattle in general has also uh collected a lot of tackles so this could be really good week if you've got a healthy seattle idp yeah, and the Seahawks' defense has been playing really well. It's going to be hard for the Browns to run the ball against the Seahawks as they their their rushing defense has really turned it around this season. Buda Baker was des, uh, designated to return from injury reserve last week, and he had a very productive fantasy outing, posting six solos and a tackle for a loss while taking all 60 defensive snaps in his first game back. This is a solid showing in his first game. His opponent this week is Baltimore, and Baltimore is on the cusp of the top 10 teams in tackles created. So Baker should have a very busy day, especially if Lamar Jackson continues to average the nearly 10 rushing attempts he has per game. All right. I want to talk uh, just this is just a small one. This is a reminder that uh, Miami does not create tackles to opposing defensive linemen. They just basically don't do it. Um, and so uh, I, if this is a good week to sit your New England defensive linemen because they're, you know, the you'd speed. be lucky that, yeah, you'd be lucky that if, if any of them get three tackles. The uh, the Chargers have been without Alohi Gilman um, and Dean Marlowe has been filling in for him, and he's just killing it. Marlowe posted 10 solos and an assist in Week 7 and six total tackles in Week 6. Now, if Gilman is out again and Derwin James is playing – 
but still banged up, then Marlowe has fantasy value again in week eight. Now, the Chargers opponent has the most offensive plays in the NFL through seven games as the Chiefs. I'm sorry, not the the Chiefs. Uh, The point I was bringing up here is that Marlowe is definitely a viable option, especially if Gilman is going to be out and you know that Derwin James has been playing banged up. Uh, we're going to close out this segment uh, with tr- um, just some notes about what's going on with uh, the New Orleans linebackers. Um, you know, we were hoping Pete Werner would would continue yep. some of his, his dominant games from the uh, – or productive games, should I say, uh, from last season. He's been up and down, and basically what we have now is, is mostly a mix of both Davis and Pete Werner being more like seven to nine tackle guys. Uh, so both of them are solid um, – Werner missed a bunch of snaps uh, last week, so that's something to kind of keep keep an eye on. Um, but uh, they both actually have a really good matchup this week. So if you've been disappointed in in either of their production, hopefully they can get a bounce back game for you this week. You brought that up last week about the the Saints and and their linebackers, and it's kind of a concern considering that these two were just they were a two down line or they were three down linebackers for this team, and the fact that they're underachieving is kind of a surprise. Yeah, uh, so we got uh, some some signings and some trades as as uh, we kind of hit the to around the the middle of the season here. Uh, Thomas, you want to talk about that Kevin Byard trade? That's the huge. Yeah, one. the the Tennessee Titans traded Kevin Byard to Philadelphia for safety Terrell Edmonds plus a fifth and a sixth round draft pick. Now this is going to affect both teams, and in particular, I'll start off with Philadelphia, and that Byard is going to be joining. Um, Reed Blankenship in the secondary for the Eagles. And now Blankenship has been banged up. So with the injuries that they've had at the safety position, Edmonds hasn't been holding up what they thought would be his production or his end of the bargain as far as the contract he signed with them. So the Bayard addition is going to improve the Philadelphia secondary. Now, there is a learning curve to the system, and Bayard may not be the, the monster that he's been with Tennessee right off the bat, and it's to be seen how they're going to use him in this system. But he should be a, a viable fantasy option, and is if you're looking at a team defense approach to this, Philadelphia's defense just got better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think it's a uh, it's it's a very good for the Eagles. Um, Bayard uh, has been in that Titan system where he mostly plays only one side. He goes up and back, but on, on the same side. And there's a good am- amount of that throughout the uh, throughout the league. Um, if we compare that to what. Uh, Edmonds was doing in Philly and and they do run a similar en- enough system uh, to where it's not going to be uh, um, uh, where Bayard isn't going to have much uh, issue kind of getting getting set that way uh, it's for the most part uh, you know he's uh, uh, Edmonds did play heavily on the left side um, not exclusively on the left side but but he played more um, more on the left side uh, than than just kind of like 
uh, a 50-50 split. He also played uh, a handful of snaps in his last couple of games. Uh, you know, well, let's say that their bye was week five. So week four, or he was out week five. Week four and week six, uh, he had a, a dozen snaps at slot as well. So Bayard might see some slot snaps from time to time, which which I think actually helps his fantasy value. But my guess is Bayard will be uh, solidly productive uh, for for Philly. Uh, he's just a he's an, an incredible player, and they can use him in in a multitude of ways. But my guess is that he will be used. Um, uh, a little bit more uh, spread out throughout the defense in ways that they they can put him in in better positions to tackle versus just staying exclusively on one side like he's been doing for Tennessee for so long. And one of the things that the the Eagles were looking to do, yes, Edmonds was helping people in their fantasy leagues, per, you know, with with decent production. The problem is he was giving up too many big plays, and that's the reason why the Eagles addressed the situation. There were far too many, uh, you know, the, the Eagles would jump out to a lead and then opponents like Miami would start keeping it close because they were giving up these deep, deep big plays. And, you know, when you take a look at the snap counts, it, the snap counts, Bayard was only doing about 70% of the snaps around somewhere in that area for the Titans, whereas uh, Edmonds was only doing around 65, 70 himself. So, Again, again, a lot of it depends on the system that you're in, and and it also depends on how you're going to approach how you're going to approach this, as far as how these guys are going to be get used. But I think that this actually helps both teams. Now, you have some more information about the tight and the secondary, and how Edmonds is going to fit into this, and how depleted that secondary, especially at safety, the Titans are. Yes. Yes, I mean, so uh, we're we're expecting Edmonds, uh, who's having an okay season. He's not having a great season, but he's having an okay season. We're expecting uh, uh, Edmonds to to pop in there and 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 become a starting safety. Remember, I was just saying how that they're um, that they're defensive schemes aren't too dissimilar so this shouldn't be um you know uh, too bad for Edmonds. the thing to watch and this won't happen this week the thing to keep your eye on is that the cardinals now that they've got buddha baker back uh they released um uh uh Kayvon wallace and he was picked yep. up uh, by the Titans off a of waiver. So uh, it's unlikely he's going to do much this week, but just keep your eye on what's going to happen there with Wallace and Edmonds and how all that shakes out over the next couple of weeks. If you've got Wallace in a deep league uh, and you haven't dropped him yet, let's just hang on to him for another couple of weeks oh. and let's see what happens. Uh, and I mean, Wallace may just be a bench bench player for the Titans and he might, he might not have any value, but, but you know, he, he was playing fairly well for, for the Cardinals. So uh, this could be, this could be something to watch. Uh, I'm, I just, I'm just gonna have a big question mark about Edmonds and Kayvon Wallace until, uh, you know, we get another two weeks in. Yeah. And, and the fact that the, the, you know, they have Elijah Molden, who's been dealing with a hamstring injury and has been out of the lineup for a while. And now with Bayard gone, the only real healthy safety they have is Amani Hooker. And, and with the, the Titans, they like to roll out three safeties at times in their, in some of their package in scheme packaging. And, with that in mind, you're, you've got to wonder, well, who is Molding going to make it back? And if he's not going to make it back, maybe they bring Wallace up into a, a more prominent role with Edmonds. And like you said, it's to be seen. So keep an eye on that. Now, there was a signing this week that a lot of 
uh, folks are wondering about. And that was Frank Clark just signed with the Seahawks. He passed his physical and is in the process of inking a, a, con, a one-year deal with the, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Clark has a little something left in his tank. Now, while this is not groundbreaking news, there are some relevant items to, to, to take note here. A handful of teams called Clark upon his release by the Chiefs, but he said no to all of them because he wanted to play for the Seahawks, which is that's the key to this whole signing is you've got a player who really was willing to take a pay cut to play for a particular team. So he's all in with the Seahawks. Now, Seattle drafted him out of Michigan when all the other teams backed away because of perceived character issues. And he played his first four seasons with Seattle. And he did really well in those early seasons. Seasons. Now, he could give fantasy owners a few solid outings in 2023, but you're going to have to pick and choose your spots. So Clark does bring pressure off the edge for the Seahawks defense. And in the first week, he may not play this week, but once they get him into the, the fold and get him going with the team, they're going to use him as a 3-4 outside linebacker and then use him as a 4-3 edge rusher. So he's going to see time as he fills in, uh, he fills that, that void of which I'll talk about shortly uh, of Uchenna Nuoso going down for the season. So this is a signing that, that is not a huge fantasy product product producer for you, but it is something to keep an eye on because it does keep this team uh, going in the direction they want to keep going. You agree with that? Yeah. And also, you know, um, when you look at, at what I was just saying earlier about how Seattle's defense tends to rack up a good number of tackles, uh, you know, if you, if you play in a league that starts three or four defensive linemen, Clark, it just became a lot more fantasy relevant because, you know, he's going to have some more big play opportunities. Basically, there was too much traffic in front of him. Uh, in Kansas City, uh, he should get a lot of snaps uh, in Seattle. He wants to be there. You know, obviously got a good relationship with Pete Carroll uh, and some history there. Uh, but because uh, they tend to to uh, amass a good amount of tackles there in Seattle, what it really also means, besides the big play upside, is it might mean that that Clark, you know, can get two to four tackles a game just based on volume alone. And and that that alone puts him on the DL3, DL4 radar. And then he will come through for some sacks from time to time. So I like him. He's now, in my opinion, he's now fantasy relevant in, in leagues where you start three or four defensive linemen. Indeed. Now there was right. a suspension this week and that was Kareem Jackson safety on Denver was suspended four games for multiple unnecessary roughness violations. He's been fined four times this year, ejected twice. Well, he had those that suspension reduced to two games, but you're going to be missing Jackson for a couple of games because of the suspension. Shall we All right, so that, yeah, that, that, that takes care of most of the uh, players getting sh- shuffled around or at least taking a seat for a couple of weeks like yeah. <laughs> Kareem Jackson is. Uh, but speaking of taking a seat, you, uh, now we get to move into uh, my favorite part of the program. Let's find out who is all banged up and uh, might not play this week or for several weeks. So I'm going to name off five guys on that got put on injured reserve. Um, linebacker Yatir Gross Matos from Carolina. Uh, put on IR with a hamstring injury. Marcus Davenport, linebacker, Minnesota. Ankle injury bothering him all year. They finally put him on IR. You mentioned Jeremy Chin on Carolina going on IR with a quad injury. 
Darnell Savage on Green Bay had a significant calf injury and has been put on IR, as well as safety Eric Murray on Houston with a knee injury. Now, I had made mention of Uchenna Nuoso. Uh, he tore his pectoral muscle and is having surgery, and he's done for the year. Now, they haven't put him on IR yet, but they will sooner or later. And then there's Nick Bolton on Kansas City. He dislocated his ouch, dislocated his wrist, and he is out in, in this week and could be a target for injured reserve as well. Keep an eye on that. Now, these players I'm going to list are all questionable. It's We only have the Wednesday practice reports to go by, and, and a lot of times those are just walkthroughs, so they're not really contact practices and don't give us a good idea yet. There's a lot of guys that can be did not practice that end up getting upgraded every day all the way through Friday. So just keep an eye on these players as you get to Friday, especially Friday's practice reports. I'm just going to list them in their, what their injury is, and they're all questionable. Defensive end, Devontae Wyatt, Green Bay, knee. Defensive tackle, Tierra Tart, Tennessee, with a toe. Linebacker CNA Taki Taki on Cleveland injured his hamstring last week. Now, we had talked about Frankie Luvu from Carolina with hip injury. He was limited on Wednesday. Uh, linebacker Devondre Campbell on Green Bay, been out lately with an ankle. Linebacker Denzel Perryman has that hand wrist. He's got a big old club on his wrist, so he's questionable. Linebacker Divine Diablo, mentioned that earlier, ankle. Linebacker David Long on Miami suffered a concussion last week on Sunday night, so he's questionable. Linebacker Josh Uche, New England foot, and I mentioned Cody Barton on Washington with an ankle. Now the secondary will go to safety uh, Jalen Thompson, Arizona, with a hamstring. Safety Marcus Williams in Baltimore with a hamstring, and Xavier Woods on Carolina with a hamstring. Von Bell on Carolina has a quadriceps. Safety Eddie Jackson to Chicago with a foot. Cor- uh, rookie cornerback Terrell Smith on Chicago, ankle. Cornerback Jair Alexander on Green Bay with a back. Cornerback Juju Brents went down last week uh, against Cleveland uh, for Indiana uh, with a quad. Cornerback Tyson Campbell on Jacksonville, hamstring. Cornerback Nate Hobbs, Las Vegas, ankle. Safety, Aloha Gilman, Gilman uh, on the Chargers. I mentioned that with a heel. Cornerback, uh, Xavier Howard on Miami was out last week with a groin injury. Safety, Javon Holland on Miami is in concussion protocol. Cornerback, uh, Adoree Jackson, New York Giants, neck. Cornerback, uh, Sauce Gardner on the Gi- uh, Jets. And cornerback, DJ Reed on the Jets. Both are in concussion protocol still. Reed Blankenship, Philadelphia safety, ribs, and I mentioned cornerback Elijah Molden, Tennessee, with a hamstring. All right. Well, that'll uh, that'll uh, cover all of our um, injured players. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> it seems like that list gets longer and longer. Um, uh, but uh, there's still plenty of uh, IDP action coming up this weekend. So with with our healthy players, watch those injury reports when you get to uh, Friday and Saturday on some of those questionable players, even some of the players we talked about before about like Frankie Luvu uh, and also you know just some of those Seattle IDPs. I know um, Jordan Brooks is banged up, and um, uh, a lot of those guys are also uh, uh, Bobby Wagner. I think sat out last week or you know uh, last some practice plays. as well. So. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, a lot of the, the whole the Seattle um, team has been kind of banged up, but they do a, a rotation, especially on the, the the line. They do a rotation to the point where you're going to be able to 
get some rest during a game, and that helps out uh, uh, tremendously. The problem that they're having is that some key critical positions are, are you know, like the edge rushing has been banged up. Daryl Taylor has had a shoulder injury, and Nuoso is now gone for the season, and they're dealing with these injuries while they're trying to in, implement Clint Hurts' uh, scheme that is more aggressive on the edges than than they have been in the past but is more stacked in the middle so it's going to be interesting you know can um, Jamal Adams stay healthy will Julian Love see more playing time it's affecting the team uh, the injuries are to the point where they're doing a lot of adjusting and and that's going to affect how your IDPs and your team defense plays the Seattle team defense is playing like a top five t- uh, team defense. So they're not somebody to shy away from, but they're also, you have to keep an eye on these injuries and especially with Nuoso going down. He was a key factor on the, uh, on the edge. Yeah, he was playing really, really well. All right. Hopefully your team plays really, really well for you this weekend. Uh, good luck, everybody. In week eight, uh, make sure to uh, reach out to us at fantasypoints.com site, particularly in the Discord channel if you are a premium subscriber. Uh, until next week, everybody, good luck in week eight. Thomas, take us out. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.